Anybody just want to praise the Lord? Wow. Thank you, brother. Joy, Benjamin, I, I sure appreciate it. I believe I'm about primed and ready. Y'all ready for something straight out of the book? You wouldn't just happen to have a something straight out of the book, would you, brother? Right out of it. Right out of it. I sure am looking forward to it. Y'all go ahead and give a warm welcome. We have him in the house tonight, Dr. Joe Arthur. Thank you, my brother. Thank you so much. Philippians chapter number four in your Bible tonight. Thank you for bearing with us. I have had the homophobia, humidumi, tomatayo, omazama. And I've drunk everything but Drano and Old Crow. I'm just telling you right now. But the Lord's been good to me. I'm alive. And didn't you enjoy that wonderful singing tonight by our dear brother and his daughter and son? Wasn't that wonderful? The Lord is good. I appreciate you bearing with me in these days. We had voice surgery last year, and we were doing really well until probably somebody on an airplane breathed on me, and it wasn't the Holy Spirit, I can tell you that, and I got some kind of bronchial infection, and it set us back a little bit, but I'm here tonight, and I'm glad you're here, and there's been some great men of God that have stood before you this week. Brother Tate's a dear friend of ours, and then Brother Shane, from one of our assistant pastors, isn't he a fine young man? And uh, we thank the Lord that uh, we got a whole group of them coming up. Somebody said, I'd be glad when that old preacher up there is dead. I've trained a whole house full just like me, so just get used to it. And the Lord is good. I love Brother Donald. Thank you so much for being kind and understanding. And I love to come this time of year because this is the only church in America I get to preach at that gets ready for me. I'm just telling you. And uh, I love these props. I do. I love it. And God has used your church in an enormous way. I was witnessing to a man the other night on the north side of town. And uh, I said, where are you from, brother? He said, I live way down in the Callaway Garden area. I said, man, that's Clayton County, Georgia. That's where I'm from. Say amen. But he said, no, I live down that way. And he said, uh, have you ever heard of Faith Baptist Church? I said, well, I've been there a couple of times in my life. He said, I went to their Easter play and met Jesus and got born again and got saved. That probably can be told thousands and thousands of times. I like the way you do it. You scare the devil out of them at Tribulation Trail and introduce them to Jesus at Easter. You scare the devil out of them at Halloween and they live under conviction, November, December, January. But I'm glad we serve a risen Savior. Philippians chapter 4 tonight, one verse. And this verse is in my heart and by the help of the Holy Spirit, I want to preach tonight on God's pathway to peace. God's pathway to peace. The Bible said that the wicked have no peace. But brother, we're not part of the wicked. We've been born again. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. And that is our standing. But I believe tonight the Lord wants us to take us from having the peace with God in our standing and have this peace of God in our everyday life. 
Notice how Paul puts it in Philippians chapter 4, verse number 7. And the peace of God, and I love the way he describes it in the next phrase, which passeth all understanding. Tonight, there's just some things you have to experience it before you really know about it. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep. That little word keep there means to guard. It means to umpire. It means to set up a sentry. It means to be surrounded by a group of soldiers and you have to go through them to get to the king. I'm glad tonight I'm not forsaken. I'm not abandoned. I'm not alone. I'm sentried. I'm guarded. God has a perimeter of heavenly angels around me. And I'm glad God's the only one that can give the permission. And the Bible said that sentry, that guard, that umpire, that peace, it keeps our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You may be seated tonight, and I'm glad that in a world that seemingly is falling apart, there is peace in the Lord. You know, tonight, peace is not the absence of trouble. Peace is not the absence of difficulty. Peace is not the absence of disappointment and troubles and trials. You say, well, Brother Joe, if peace is not the absence of all of that, then what is it? Real peace tonight is hope and faith and courage, even in the midst of the hurt and the pain and the disappointment. Can I remind you tonight when the Holy Spirit inspires Paul to pin down these words? He is not on a Caribbean cruise. He is not on a vacation. He's not taking a trip to Gatlinburg. You know where Paul is in this text? He is in a prison. His back is beaten with many stripes. He is not in that prison because of his sin or some evil deed. But he's there because the Bible said that all those that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And Paul is in this prison cell. And he writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the church at Philippi. Now where do we read about the church at Philippi for the first time in the Bible? You remember in Acts chapter number 16, Paul and Silas. They go to the little city of Philippi and begin to preach the gospel. Well, the saints get glad and the devil gets mad. And they throw Paul and Silas after they beat them with many stripes in the dungeon of the Philippian jail. But how remembers what happened at midnight. The Bible said at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. I know in the 50s there was a fellow from the name of from Memphis, a fellow by the name of Elvis that sung Jailhouse Rock. But God's the only one that's ever rocked one. When they began to sing praises unto God, God rocked that jail. And the Bible said the doors were open and the bands of the prisoners were loosed. And the scripture said the Philippian jailer came and bowed at the feet of Paul and Silas and said, Sirs, 
what must I do to be saved? And aren't you glad Paul didn't say go go on a church and get sprinkled or get baptized? He didn't say go shake the preacher by the hand. He didn't say go get dunked and repeat after me a religious creed. No, I'm glad he gave the greatest answer of all time. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And there's a little phrase on the end of that, thou shalt be saved and the house. And that Philippian jailer brought Paul and Silas to his house. He washed their stripes. He cooked them a meal. And Paul and Silas shared the gospel with everyone in the house of the Philippian jailer. And it was from that little house revival it was from that little cottage prayer meeting that God birthed the great church at Philippi. Now we're several years down the road. And Paul is in a Roman prison. He is in a Mamertine prison. But the Holy Spirit says, wrap that little church back. Wrap that little church back in the city of Philippi. And you just tell them to do in the midst of their fears what you'd done when you were there, not just in word, but in deed. And Paul writes unto them in verse 4 and says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. You say, Brother Joe, what do you think God's pathway to peace really is? I want to tell you where it's at. It's in praising the Lord. I'm glad when the clouds are dark and the days are dreary, there is a praise we can utter unto the Lord. Notice what he said in verse 4, not rejoicing in our circumstances, not rejoicing in our wealth, not rejoicing in our health, but rejoicing in the Lord. Can I remind you tonight, when we rejoice in the Lord, there's always a reason to rejoice. When you rejoice in the Lord tonight, you rejoice in the faithful one. You rejoice in the holy one. You rejoice in the unchanging one. You rejoice in the powerful one. You rejoice in the sovereign one. You rejoice in the one that said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I love the song they sing. The word is in this text. He didn't say just do it every now and then, but he said rejoice in the Lord always. Brother, you know what the definition of that word always means? All the way. Always means all the way. That way may be dreary. That way may be difficult. That way may be bewildering. But I'm glad all the way. He has already promised us, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. He has already said that his grace would always abound in all things and we would have all sufficiency. He had already said men ought to always pray and not to faint. Jesus said, I do always those things which please my Father. And Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. 
all the way through the hills, through the storms, through the valleys. The like the life of Joseph, from the pit to the prison to the palace, I'm glad we can render a praise unto the Lord. You say, Brother Joe, who qualifies to give a praise unto God? Well, two categories of people, and you're one or the other. But if you're both, you got a double reason to praise him. Qualification number one, everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. Anybody here breathing? I know some of you are because I smelt them garlic peels when I walked in here tonight. Oh, if you're breathing, qualification number one. If you're breathing, raise your right hand and say, praise the Lord. But there is another qualification. Jesus said, rejoice not that the angels and the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your name is written in heaven. Anybody here tonight, your name is written in heaven. Say, praise the Lord. Well, how many are breathing and redeemed? You're breathing and your name's in the book. Then you have a double reason to praise the Lord. So it's hallelujah, praise the Lord. If you're breathing, say hallelujah. If your name's in the book, say praise the Lord. If you're breathing, say glory. If your name's in the book, say well glory. If, you, if you're breathing, say awesome. If your name's in the book, say Shazam. Aren't you glad tonight there's a praise we can render? And I believe tonight it is God's pathway to peace, a praise that we can render. Number two, look in verse number five and verse number six tonight. I love this. Not only can I praise my way to peace, but according to the text tonight, we can pray our way to peace. I love what he says in our text tonight with prayer and thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. Aren't you glad tonight that we have the promise of God that God answers our prayers? I don't believe tonight that Jesus would shed his blood. I don't believe tonight that he would open up a new and living way. I don't believe tonight the Holy Spirit would invite us into the throne of grace. I don't believe God would have written Jeremiah 33, verse 3 in the Bible if he was not a prayer hearing and a prayer answering God. You say, how are we going to have the peace of God that passeth all understanding? I'll tell you how. We're going to pray. We're going to call upon God. We're going to tell him that we love him. We're going to worship him. We're going to adore him. And I'm glad I've got a prayer line tonight. Someone says, if you're going to get through life, you better know somebody in high places. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Because I not only know somebody, but I'm kin to somebody in high places. You say it's the governor, higher than that. Is it the attorney general, higher than that? Is it the local fire marshal, believe it or not, higher than that? Is it the sheriff, higher than that? Is it the president, a whole lot higher than that? Is it the Congress, a whole lot higher than that? 
Who is it? Who is it? Higher than your mother-in-law. Higher than your wife. Higher than your boss. We know one tonight in high places. We are more than no one in high places. We are kingdom one in higher places. It's our elder brother, our great high priest, the advocate of our soul, our Lord, our Savior, and his name is Jesus Christ. And I'm glad he's on the main line and we can tell him what we want and God still answers prayer. I heard an old timer say this one time. I've never gotten over it. He preached on the attitude of prayer. And he said literally what you do when you pray, you're telling God, listen to this, I can't make it without you. He said when you stop and you pray, you're telling God, I can't make it without you. And on the other side of that phrase, he said, when we do not pray, we're telling God, I can make it without you. But I wonder how many in this room will agree with Brother Joe tonight, we can't make it without the Lord. We can't make it without his power and his love and his Holy Spirit. And prayer is total dependence upon God. And I'm glad tonight God can do anything that prayer can do. Aren't you glad he answers prayer tonight? And prayer is God's pathway to peace. We have praise. We have prayer. Number three tonight, look in verse number 13. Boy, I love this verse. We have not only a prayer, but not only a praise, but we have a power. Paul says in our text tonight, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Well, I got a hold of that little line the other day, all things. You know, that includes a lot of stuff. I've heard people say, I don't know how so-and-so bears under such a load. I've seen families in our church the last 38 and a half years walk through some dark valleys and you wonder how does that person hold up under such a load. The group that sang last night, the lady that stood on this side, she's one of the finest Christians in our church. I don't know if Brother Shane introduced his family last night or not, but this one on the end was his baby sister, her name is Mandy. About 16 years ago, she was married to a, a, a fireman at Fayetteville. And one day at the fire station, he got choked on a sandwich. And one doctor's visit led to another doctor's visit. And to make a long story short, in about a year and two months, at 31 years old, we buried him. We buried him. The girl that stood beside her last night that held up her hand she was about six and a half when this happened. And I went over there just a few hours before Jim breathed his last breath. And that little girl in the middle that sang to you last night was six, a little bit over six, and I put her in that bed. And she laid her hand and she patted her daddy's face. She said, Daddy, you go on and see Jesus. Me and mama and sister will see you in a little while. Never seen such grace in that family, such grace as they continue to serve God. And I've had people say to me, how does that family hold up to that? How do you walk through the fire? How do you walk through the flood? 
How do you watch your children fall in your arms and say, Daddy, fix it, and Daddy can't fix it? When your family and your children and your friends want answers and you don't even know the questions, how can we keep on walking? How can we keep on serving? How can we have peace in the midst of troubled times? Let me tell you something that's good for our nerves and our diet. Don't watch the news. Because if you eat and watch the news, you'll be digesting seven days later. Because every time you turn it on, somebody's bombing somebody. Somebody's spying on somebody. Somebody done hurt somebody. Somebody done spit on somebody. For the Bible said, Brother Don, in the last days, men's hearts would fail with fear. And the devil's trying to fear us. He's trying to scare us. You say, Preacher, how are we going to make it? We have a strength. We have an anointing. We have an authority. We have a power. I can. I can. I can. We need to get I can't and I won't out of our vocabulary and get an old-fashioned dose, the Holy Ghost, blood-bought. I can, I can, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I'll tell you how we can do it tonight. There's a power. And that power is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Number four, come to verse number 19. This is probably my, one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible. What is God's pathway to peace? How are we going to live sane in an insane world? Well, we have a praise. We have a prayer. We have a power. But I love verse 19. We have a provision. I believe that's what our brother was so tore up about tonight. Because the goodness of God has provided his every need. I love the text tonight, chapter 4, verse 19. I love the way it starts. But. Don't you like it when God butts in? I done heard what the world says. I done heard what science says. I've heard what the devil says. But, 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 but God. Aren't you glad God butts in the scene? Genesis chapter number six, the first seven verses, God paints an awful dark pitch of that Andalusian world that's under the judgment of God. The flood's about to break. Every living thing's gonna be destroyed except what's in the ark. And all of a sudden, chapter six, verse eight, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Ephesians chapter two, the first three verses, it's bad. Dead in trespasses and in sin. I mean defiled, disobedient, walking according to the course of this world. Verse four, but God who is rich in mercy, wherein his great love he hath loved us. Man, what about that Romans? What about that Romans chapter number five verse? It said that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. I know the storms are real. I know the problems are real. I know the disappointments are real. But the first word in this text, but, but, aren't you glad when God butts in? But my God, aren't you glad he's yours tonight? I'm glad he's the savior of the world. I'm glad the Bible said God so loved the world. I'm glad Ephesians 5 said he loved the church. 
But you know what thrills me more than that? Galatians 2.20, Paul said he loved me. He loved me. But my God, I love the way the verse reads in the text, but my God shall supply some of your need, a few of your needs, we hung up on all tonight, always, all things, all provision, because he's all God, shall supply all your need. Notice how the Holy Spirit words it in the text. I love the beauty of the Bible. Not out of, but according to his riches and glory. You say, what's the difference, Pastor, between out of and according to? Well, if you get something out of something, it's got to be something to get out of. And when you get out of it, it's less than what you had before. Please don't ask me to do that again. If it's out of something, you want to get a little bit of what's in it out of it. But when it's according to, you can have the whole thing. Now, I would use this illustration, but anybody under 40 won't get it. But for you old people like me, you're going to get it. Paul, you'll get it. How many's got a checking account? Now, it ain't much to brag about, but you got one. Now, here's how you know if we're modern. Is there anybody in this room tonight that still writes checks? My son and daughter do not write checks. I don't know how they pay their bills. I don't know how they raise their kids. I don't know how they buy their groceries. They just know if they run out, they can come home to mama. And if they bring their grandkids, I'll let them come. But man, to say tonight that you come up to me and Brother Joe, the Lord's laid it on my heart. You've been sick and everything. I might as well milk it. That's what women do when they get sick. Say amen right there. Brother Joe, you've been sick. So I want to give you an offering. And I'm going to give you 10,000. I mean, if you illustrate, make it big. I'm going to give you a check for 10,000. And out of your bank account, you're going to subtract 10,000. That ain't going to happen here tonight because most people probably ain't got no 10,000. But if you had a million and you only give me 10,000, I can only get out of it what's out of it because it said you get this out of it. But if you come up to me and say, Brother Joe, I know I shouldn't do it, but I played that lottery. I spent 10 million earning $2 and I've got some money tonight. And God's blessed me. Brother Joe, I've got a million dollars in the bank. I'm not going to give you a thousand out of it. I'm not going to give you ten thousand out of it. I'm not going to give you a hundred thousand out of it. Here's a blank check. It's according to. You can have it all if you want it. I'm telling you, the Bible said, but my God shall supply your need not out of his riches in glory, but according, my God, somebody help me right there, but according to rich riches in glory, I don't get a little bit what God's got. I got all that God's God, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. 
and I love this name, by Christ Jesus, our Lord. One of my favorite ways to study the Bible, I love to use what I call the law or the principle of first mention. When you read something for the very first time in the Bible, it's big. Because God has set a stage, and every time after that, there are certain characteristics you'll find every time. Don't turn there now, but go home tonight and read Genesis chapter number 22. Genesis 22, there are three first mentions in the Bible. First time you read the word love in the Bible is in Genesis 22. If you know your Bible, that's a picture of Abraham and Isaac going up the mountain. It's a picture of the substitutionary death upon the cross. And no greater definition of love than Jesus died for you and me. The first time you read the word worship in the Bible is in Genesis 22. Abraham's not offering God his second. He's not offering God his third. He's not even offering God his best. He's offering God his all. And we'll never really worship till he gets us all. But there's a third first mention. You remember when God says, take Isaac to the mountain. And they get Isaac and they get the two witnesses and they start. They get to the top of the mountain, the Bible said Abraham builds the altar. He's got the fire and he's got the knife. Isaac's laying on the altar. And Isaac says, time out. I got an important question. I see the fire. I see the knife. I see the wood. But where is the lamb? And Abraham picked up the telescope of faith, looked down through the corners of time, and said, son, you don't have anything to worry about. I see him a-coming. God will provide himself a lamb. That root word provide means to see to it. God will see to it that a lamb is provided that's the same word in the Greek in our text tonight. But my God shall supply. See to it. How many of you are old? You grew up with chores. And they'd wear your bottom out if you didn't do them chores. And here's kind of how it went. See to it. They'd point to the trash. See to it. They'd point to it. See to it. That means you make sure it gets done. Aren't you glad there's a Savior who watches over us and he's going to see to it. Here it is. Abraham and Isaac are walking up the side of that mountain and all they see is a hill. But what they don't know, on the other side of that hill, there's a little ram. They're coming up on one side and the ram's coming up on the other side. And from where God sits, he sees both sides of the real estate. And he's got the prayer in one hand and the answer in the other. He's got the problem in one hand and the solution in the other. He's got the need in one hand and the provision in another. And God lets them meet. And as Abraham was going down in obedience to God, God said, Abraham, Abraham, look behind you. And just in time, on time was the ram caught in the thicket by his horn. God stepped out of glory and said, let me give you one of my special names. 
I've already told you by the bitter waters, I'm Jehovah Rapha. I'm the Lord that healeth thee. I've already told you in a mighty battle, I'm Jehovah Nessai, the Lord thy banner. He said, but I got one more I want to tell you. I'm Jehovah Jireh. I'm the God that will see to it. You say, I'm looking up tonight and all I see is a mountain. All I see is fear. All I see is trouble. Yeah, where you've not been and where you can't see, help's coming up on the other side. And if you'll just follow God's pathway to peace, your need and God's provision will have a head-on collision in God's own time. God's pathway to peace. In a world of turmoil, there's peace in the time of trouble. There's peace in the midst of the storm. There's peace though the world be raging in the shelter of his arms. Aren't you glad there's a praise? There's a power. There's a prayer. There's a provision. Let's stand together, Lord. We love you tonight. We thank you for the moments of worship. We thank you for those that came to the altar and through the attitude said, Lord, I, I can't make it without you. Lord, how we need to be reminded you've did things like this before and you're able to do it again. Father, help us in this insane world to walk in the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Lord, as we walk through this world, help us to be a witness and a light to those who need Christ. Thank you for who you are. We love you tonight. We adore you tonight because we ask it in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, Brother, we're just saying, and just that while the pastor comes, just that last line, didn't I walk on the water? Didn't I calm the troubled sea? I want to say anybody tonight, you say, preacher, he's answered prayer before. He's still my storm before. He's met my need before. Aren't you glad he can do it again? He can do it again. Thank you, Pastor. Okay. Hang on. Hang on one second. You don't mind if I take two minutes and just put it all together for you real quick on what God's given me since Sunday morning through the revival, do you? Pretty simple circles all the way back around and started Sunday morning right over there with a little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. Started right over there with one glass of water and you put one little drop of food coloring in it and it stains the whole thing. That's where revival started for me. Brother Shane came in here Sunday night and he said there's nearly 99,000 souls saved on this plaque behind this wall right here from Judgment Journey. He said, I just want to thank you. And one of them was my son. We hear those testimonies everywhere we go. There ain't a person here, but any length of time, I've been in South Georgia in a, in a Lowe's trying to buy blocks. And the guy talking about I was in LaGrange this weekend because he went to Judgment Journey. You can invite people to church, and most of them don't know where it's at. But all you got to say is, if you ever been to Judgment Journey, oh, I know where that's at. I got a text Tuesday morning from Pastor Benny Tate. 
just on you guys. Just what a church. What a church. What a great church. He was, he was moved by the worship. He was moved by, by, by the greeting, by your personality. Matter of fact, Miss Pat was talking about today. She went there to, to a study, and a Bible study, and talking about how complimentary all the people there were about what a great church. Brother Joe comes in here tonight, and he talks about... Met a man in Atlanta... You ever heard of Faith Baptist Church in LaGrange? I, I came to He's Alive and I got saved. And then Tim sums it all up for me. Except you repent. It's never going to be a revival. It started Tuesday morning a week ago in a staff meeting when Ms. Sylvia Estes asked the question, why can't we have a true spiritual revival? Why can't we see the power of God move mountains? What is it that's keeping true revival from getting out? He put the magic word. He said, except you repent. So when Brother Joe was preaching, Lord reminded me of a great church here in the New Testament. Great church. Mega church. The church at Ephesus was amazing. The church at Ephesus was known. It was a mighty church. It was so important. The apostle Paul on his way back to Jerusalem made it a point to get off the ship and go spend better than a day with the elders at the church at Ephesus because it's such a mighty church in the New Testament. This is what Jesus said to the church at Ephesus. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, how thou hast tried them which say they are he says, they tried them which are, they say they're apostles and are not, and has found them liars. Has borne and has patience for my name's sake, has labored and has not fainted. He says, man, you've worked, you've put it in, you've laid out till two in the morning doing judgment journey. You spent hours and nights and days, you've labored in the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's tens of thousands of people going to heaven because of the work that you put in. You've done a lot of work, you've labored and you've not fainted, nevertheless. I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Remember Sunday morning? One little drop. One little drop of leaven spoils the whole lump. One, one thing in our life that we put before God, one thing, whatever it is, football, basketball, baseball, games on your phone, things you do at the house, anything before God is an idol. He said you left your first love. That's what he says, Revelation chapter 2, verse 5. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly. I will remove thy candlestick out of its place. Last three words. Except thou repent. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. There's two people in here tonight. Bottom line, there's two people. They're both sinners. One of them are sinners washed in the blood of the Lamb of God on the way to heaven. Thank you, Jesus. The other one are sinners that have never trusted Christ and never been washed, and they're still on the way to hell. And both people in here have a prayer to pray tonight. If there's a Christian in here tonight, you've got anything in your life that's got to be gotten out. He says, repent. If we're ever going to experience true revival, Tim said it before everything. Until we repent and get the stuff out, Remember Sunday morning about the trash in the faucet? The Holy Spirit can't flow through a stopped up line. 
there's anybody here tonight that's a child of God and you got anything in your life that you need to get out, get it out. Revival's waiting. If there's anybody that's never trusted Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, that's the most important decision you're ever going to make. Are you willing right now tonight to say, Father, I am a sinner. I'm asking you to come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, and save my soul in Jesus' name. It's up to you to pray tonight. Go ahead and sing that, brother.